Amen. You guys may be seated. Well, we all use excuses from time to time. Now, let's be honest, sometimes they're helpful. Like Sometimes we need a good excuse to get out of something that we really don't want to do. Um, whether it's uh, something we've been asked to do or whether it's an invitation that we really don't want to accept, a place we really don't want to go with people we really don't want to go with. I know you never have those issues, but occasionally there are those issues where you just don't want to accept that invitation. If you're married, maybe you even have a secret signal. You, the, the signal that says, this person is about to invite us to something, and I know that we don't have anything on the calendar, but you have five seconds to come up with a really good reason why we're not going to go do that thing. Uh, not that my wife and I have a signal or anything. Um, uh, our signal looks more like it's kind of, you know, it's just, it's trying not to get caught. It's just kind of a subtle seizure twitch kind of thing. It's, it's in the eye. Um, yeah, so some, sometimes excuses are helpful, even valuable. And so you, you have to come up with good ones. I, I don't know if you have any really good ones. I, I found this one on the internet, so feel free to use it. Uh, sorry, I can't. My sisters, friends, mothers, grandpas, brothers, grandsons, uncles, fish died, and yes, it was tragic. So to write that down as quickly as you can next time you need an excuse, use that one. The internet actually is full of great things about excuses. Here are just a couple of things I found on the internet related to excuses. Excuses are lies we tell ourselves so that it doesn't have to be our fault. You can make excuses or you can make progress. Excuses are lies wrapped up in reasons. In other words, things I try to convince myself are really true, but they're really not true. I'm just looking for a reason to not do what I know I need to do. Excuses are just another way of saying I'm not willing to make a change. I just want to keep things the way they are. I don't want to do the work that it's going to take to actually become something that I'm not already or do something that I'm not already doing. And, and, and an excuse to get out of something, I, we probably all have, have done that before. The, the problem is making excuses for something God really wants you to do or something you know you need to do. And if you're like me, you have some favorite excuses. Like the, you keep using the same ones. The, the I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to get to that. It's just busy right now. Everything's really bu- busy. I, I really can't work that into what I'm already doing. Maybe you have a couple of go-to excuses, and you always use those. The opposite of making excuses is showing up, like doing something. It's, it's acting, and it's a fairly simple decision. To say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something instead of I, I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to shrink back. It's, it's the difference between, between deciding to do something and deciding to do nothing. And, and granted, the decision to do something does not guarantee success. But the decision to make an excuse pretty much guarantees failure. And all throughout our life, we have to choose between the two. Now, over the next six weeks or so, 
We're going to look at an Old Testament character by the name of Joshua. And he's constantly having to decide to act. He, he, uh, he constantly has the options of to pull back and to withdraw or to step forward. And what he found was, it pays when you show up. I mean, you get to see God do some really incredible things when you're just there, when you just step into the moment, when you just show up. Woody Allen famously said, 80% of success is showing up. Or maybe you've heard the more famous part. We, 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 we don't quote it that way quite as much. We quote it more as half the battle is just showing up. Maybe you've heard that. I, I like this response. Whoever said just showing up is half the battle, A, didn't understand battles, and B, probably died quickly after showing up. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the talk, but it was hilarious, so I threw that in. Here's my point. I, my point is, in life, showing up, being prepared to act, to step into the moment is a big deal. Intervening when you could stay out. Speaking up when you could keep silent, responding when you could not respond, that's a really big deal. And, and I think it's rare because I think a lot of us hang back. A lot of us are waiting for somebody else to go first. And we have that, I'm going to let somebody else go first and then maybe I will. Or we hesitate or, or, or we, we say, well, it's really none of my business. It's really not my place. Or, or we hide behind our social media accounts, right? Which, by the way, tweeting something is not doing something, if you didn't know that. Just tweeting it, just putting it on social media is not actually doing something about anything. But we, we hide behind slogans and t-shirts even. But how often do we act? How often do we show up? How often do we do something? Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. If you start in Genesis, the very first book, you count in six books, you land in Joshua. That's where we're going to be uh, for the next two months or so. Now, when we come to Joshua chapter 1, we're actually entering in the middle of a story. It doesn't really start with Joshua 1. It actually starts all the way back at Genesis 37. And for almost four and a half books, this story has been building in momentum and energy and interest. So let me give you the 30-second catch-up to Joshua 1. In Genesis 37, we meet a guy named Joseph. He's sold into slavery in Egypt through a series of circumstances, becomes a ruler Eventually, his family relocates to Egypt. They multiply over hundreds of years, and there are more and more and more Hebrew children. So many that the Egyptians become afraid of them and put them into slavery. At one point, God sends another fairly well-known guy, a guy by the name of Moses, to lead the nation of Israel, the Hebrew children, out of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, out into the wilderness, and they get to what God described as the promised land, but they hesitate. They don't go in. They don't show up. They shrink back. And because of that decision, they wander in the desert for 40 years. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, their leader, dies. They're once again on the banks of the Jordan. They're, they're looking over into the promised land. They're right back sort of where they started. And that's where Joshua 1 begins. Verse 1, after the death of Moses. The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, 
You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now, a lot in just the first three verses. The first thing is that Joshua needed to show up because he was the next one up. You, you and I need to just show up when we're the next one up. Now, sports teams use this phrase a lot, next man up. Maybe you've heard of it. What it means is if somebody on your team gets injured, then whoever's behind him, whoever's the next person in that position, they got to step up and they got to play just as hard and they got to give just as much of themselves and, and they got to be, be just as committed as the starter was because when that person went down with an injury, next one up's got to step in. Uh, maybe there's an illness. Maybe, maybe they're tired and they can't go in for a play. Next one up has is, got to fill their shoes. If it's the University of Georgia, somebody gets arrested for weed, next one up has got to step in, got to be ready. Just saying. Just an example. Next one up. Whoever's the the person behind, if they go down, next one's got to step into their place. Joshua had to show up because he was the next one up. And Joshua's just like us. Joshua doesn't feel qualified. Like Joshua doesn't feel like, well, of course, I'm, I'm the obvious choice. Like I'm going to be the best leader. This is going to be great. Joshua doesn't feel any of those things. Joshua was just the next one up. See, Joshua needed to show up not because he was qualified. He needed to show up because he was there. And sometimes that's what God's asking us to do. God's not saying, I know you feel qualified. God's saying, look, you're there, and I need somebody there. I need somebody to speak for me there. I need somebody to live out their faith there. I need somebody to be light in darkness. And you're there, and you may not feel qualified. You may not think you have all of the Bible answers that you need to have. You you may not think you've been to church long enough. You may not think you've been a Christian long enough. And God's saying, it doesn't matter. You're the next one up. You're there. Be there. Show up. Speak for me. Live for me, wherever you are, and maybe it's in your office, you're there. Maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's in your family, students, it's in your school. Because I can tell you, talk to the graduates who are up here earlier, you know what they'll tell you? It's going to go by really fast. You're not going to be there for long. So while you're there, show up for God, for the kingdom, for for eternity and, and graduates, you're going to be in college about that long. It's going to go by that fast. Uh, Sean and I were talking Wednesday night. She had a daughter up here one year ago, and she blinked, and that daughter's packing up her things to come home from her freshman year. It's gone just like that, just like that. What, but while you're there, God has put you there. He's put you in a strategic place for you to live for Him, for you to be an example of your faith, for you to speak for Him, not be arrogant and, 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 and overbearing, but just show up. Say, while I'm here, I'm going to live out my faith. And that goes for adults as well. God's, God's put us in strategic places, not because we're qualified, because we're there. Another idea. 
just show up regardless of your title. And by title, I mean all of those things that you think give you credibility. Because sometimes we think, well, I, I'm, I don't have the credibility to speak on that. I don't, I, I don't know that I know enough about the Bible. I, I, I'm not on staff. I, just, just show up for the kingdom regardless of what your title is. I don't know if you noticed it, but when, when Moses is introduced in Joshua chapter 1, he's introduced as Moses, the servant of the Lord. And this is the way Moses is referenced all throughout the story. Go back to Exodus, and you find Moses being identified as the servant of the Lord. Did you see how Joshua was introduced? Joshua, Moses' aide. Not the servant of the Lord. Joshua, Moses' intern. Like the guy who gets coffee. Like the guy who collates all the documents, has the paper cuts, and keeps up with the paper clips, and reorders the office supplies. That guy. Joshua, Moses' intern. And that's the way Joshua is referenced all throughout his story up to this point. Joshua, Moses intern. In, in, in uh, Exodus 33, Joshua is called Moses' young aide, right? junior intern. He's not even rising up the ranks of intern in Exodus. And yet, God calls a junior intern to lead his people because he was there. And he needed him to show up. I imagine Joshua was talking to God and he's going like, seriously, can I not be the intern now? Like Moses is dead. Like I can't get him coffee anymore. Can I'd like to update my business cards at some point. Can I not be the intern? And God's saying, I don't care what your title is. I need you. I need you to show up. I need you to be an example of who I've called you to be. And if we're not careful, we'll shrink back from those opportunities because we don't feel like we have the right position or the right title or the right credibility when God's just saying, I know you don't, but you're there and I need you to do something. Joshua has been learning from Moses for years and years. I, I, don't, I don't want to minimize that. That's been going on. But I want to remind us that when God calls you to do something, when God gives you an opportunity, He's not asking for a debate about your resume. Right? He's not asking you to tell Him all the reasons why you're not the right person. He knows you're not the right person, but you're there, and He wants to use you. Another thought. Just show up in spite of your circumstances and whatever is and isn't going on in your life. We open Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua has lost his friend, Moses, his, his leader, his, his spiritual mentor, his personal mentor, the person that prayed for him, the person that taught him, the person that he was around, he was watching year after year after year. That person is gone. And in that situation, I, I, I don't want to give the impression that God doesn't care about his pain because he does, but in that situation, God says, I know things aren't great right now, but I still got a plan and I need you to step into it. And, and, and in our lives, I, I think God sometimes looks at us and says, look, I know that didn't go the way you thought it would. I know that was a disappointment. I know things fell apart, but listen to me. I still got things for you to do. I want you to keep walking. He cares about our heartache. He cares about our pain. It's just that our 
disappointments do not diminish his plan. His plan's still at work. Another truth. Just show up because God has promised to be with us. I mean, that's one of the keys to Joshua chapter 1. That's one of the keys to this big ask that God is making of Joshua is saying, look, I'm there. I'm with you. You're not doing this by yourself. You're not having to figure it all out. He's not saying, Joshua, I want you to lead my people. Go out there and do the best you can. He's saying, Joshua, I'm there. I'm with you. Verse 5, God says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, this thing that he wants Joshua to do hinges on the fact that God says, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you what you need. You just need to show up. We can be strong and courageous not because we believe in us. We can be strong and courageous because we believe in the one who's sending us. And we believe that he is with us. As a matter of fact, the moments that I most need to be strong and courageous, I am not courageous in myself. I am not confident in myself. But I can be confident in the God that's with me and the God that's going to accomplish His plan. Some people in this passage in verse 5, they see a reference to the name that God gave to Moses, Yahweh, I am that I am, as, as if God is saying, look, I was I am when Moses was the leader, and I'm I am when you're the leader, and I'm going to be I am tomorrow and in the future. And Oh, by the way, when there's another leader, I am going to still be I am because Moses wasn't the leader, and you're not going to be the leader. I am the leader. You can trust me. You can lean on me. I'm there I'm with you. We often quote God's command to Joshua in verse 6. Be strong and courageous. But what God was saying was not try to muster up some inner self-confidence. He wasn't saying, look look yourself in the mirror and tell you you can do it. I believe in yourself. No, he was saying, look, I'm going to be with you so you can be strong and courageous. He does the same thing in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's me. I'm the strength, God is saying. Interesting backstory to what got us here. In Numbers chapter 13, Moses actually changes Joshua's name. In Numbers 13... Joshua's name is Hosea, which means salvation or deliverance. And in Numbers 13, Moses changes it to Yahashua. We transliterate that to Joshua. He he changes it to Yahashua, which means God saves. God delivers. Yahweh saves. Yahweh delivers. It makes a big difference. Between knowing what you have and knowing where it came from. It makes a difference when you move from just knowing what you have to knowing that somebody's provided this for me. Somebody bigger than me. Somebody stronger than me. Somebody wiser than me. If you have kids, you know that most of their life, 
in, in your house, they think stuff just shows up at the house. Like things just show up in the refrigerator. I, I open it and there's stuff there. Cabinets, food just shows up. Clothes show up in my closet. Cars show up in the driveway. It's the craziest thing. And, th- and then there's this wonderful moment where they realize somebody's been paying for those things. It happens like around 28, 29 is what I've been told. <laughs> like pushing 30, they're going, so you've been paying for my car insurance? That went up every time I got a ticket and backed into somebody's car. Oh, you had to pay that. There's a big difference between knowing that you have something and knowing, no, what I have was provided to me. And from a very early age, with that name change, Joshua was reminded, oh, you don't just have deliverance. You don't just have salvation. Yahweh's given that to you. Yahweh's provided that for you. And guess what? God's going to keep providing that for you. So God links His presence with our ability to be strong and courageous in verses 6 and verses 9, but in the middle in verse 7, He links something else. Listen to this. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. And then in verse 8, He expounds upon that. It basically reinforces this idea, look, I want you to do everything I say. It's not multiple choice. It's not like you're going to do A, B, and D of what I said. No, all of the above. The answer to obedience is always all of the above, God. I'm going to obey all of the above. We're going to see that all throughout Joshua. But in, uh, in, in verse 7, God is saying there's a connection between your ability to be strong and courageous and your complete obedience to God. Because here's what happens. When God calls us to show up, when God calls us to step out, when God calls us to obey, and I do that, God proves Himself faithful, which gives me more strength and courage to trust Him the next time. Because the next time when I step out, God proves Himself faithful, and I'm stronger and more courageous for the next time. There's this cycle that obedience builds strength and courage. Obedience really is the path to courage. Because the more I I obey, the more I find God to be faithful, and the more I trust Him, and the more I'm courageous because of Him. Which is why Joshua chapter 1 hinges really on verse 10. This is what happens in verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Joshua didn't just have this wonderful prayer time with God where God like pumped him up about being strong and courageous. Joshua actually does something in verse 10. Two things. One is Joshua acted. He said, all right, we're going to do this. And second, Joshua went public. Like he called all of the leaders. There's maybe a million people, Hebrew children there, and he has leaders and officers over various groups uh, of, of the nation. He says, look, I want you to go tell everybody I said we're moving. Three days. Pack your bags. Take your tents down. Whatever you got to do to get ready, because you need to know we're not sitting here anymore. We're moving. 
Interesting thing is, Joshua doesn't have all the information at this point. I don't know if you're a detailed person. I don't know if you like to know what we're going to do. Like, I need to see the map. I need to know the schedule. I want to know what's going to happen. Joshua said, no, we're going to do it. I don't really know what we're going to do. As a matter of fact, if one of his officers had said, uh, Joshua, the river is at flood stage, which is bad. And so I'm just curious, just asking here, how are we getting over that? Joshua would have said, I don't know, but in three days we're moving out. So Joshua, if we get over there, they don't want us in their country. They're going to attack us. Do we have some sort of military plan once we get in there? And Joshua would have said, no clue, but pack your bags because in three days we're moving. Joshua acted. Joshua showed up, didn't have all of the information, didn't have all of the details. He just trusted that God had spoken to him. And he said to the people, we're going to go. We're not going to shrink back. We're not going to hesitate. We're going to go. See, here's the, here's the tension that we feel all throughout the book of Joshua and really all throughout the spiritual life, our, our spiritual lives, and it's this. God is going to give, but we have to go. I mean, that's what God's saying all throughout Joshua 1. I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you the land. But you've got to go in there. But you've got to obey me. I've already given this land to my people. I told them a long time ago, you're going to have this land. I'm get, I told Abraham, you're going to get this land. I'm going to give you this land. But you've got to march yourself in there. And there's that tension in the spiritual life of, yes, God's providing and God's giving, but we got to show up. Like We've got to walk by faith. We've got to trust. We've got to obey. We've got to go. The way God spoke to people in the Old Testament was certainly different than the way He speaks to us, primarily in this sense, for reasons we don't have time to get into. God primarily is speaking through the leaders, to the leaders. So the priests, the prophets, the leaders of the nation like Moses, they're hearing from God and then they're telling the people what God said. And this is going to happen throughout this book. For Joshua's entire life, God had been speaking to Moses and Moses had been speaking to Joshua. We open the book in Joshua chapter 1 and for the first time, God's speaking to Joshua. God's not telling Moses how to lead the people. God's saying, Joshua, you're next man up. You're there. I need you. You don't feel qualified. I'm speaking to you now. And this morning, all over this room, God's speaking to you. God's saying, I need you. Where you are. I put you there for a reason. I need you to show up. I need you to speak up. I need you to live for me. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe marriage is kind of rocky and God's saying this morning, you know what? I just need you to show up every day and be the husband that I want you to be. Be the wife that I want you to be. I just need you to show up. Maybe you're not sure how kids are doing, where that whole thing's going, and God's saying, Dad, I just need you to show up every day. Mom, I need you to live for me in front of your kids every day. I need you to show up every day. Maybe it's in your office. Maybe you're the only one of the few followers of Jesus and God's saying, I need you to show up every day. I need you to live for me. I 
need you to be there. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's with your circle of friends. Maybe it's with your extended family. Maybe it's a specific spot God's put you in right now. Maybe you don't even know why you're in that place, but God's saying, while you're there, I need you to show up. Because you're the next one up. And maybe for some of us, we need to stop making excuses. And we need to say, three days we're moving out. Pack your bags. I'm not staying here anymore. When God has called me to step there, I'm going to show up. Let's pray. And before I pray out loud, I'm just going to give you a minute. Just heads bowed, eyes closed. What's God saying to you? Joshua 1, he's speaking to Joshua. I need you. I need you to show up in this spot. What is that spot for you? Where is God calling you to obey, to be light in darkness? Just between you and him right now. Where do you need to say, I'm packing my bags. I'm moving out. I'm going to show up. God, help us to be like Joshua. We're not sure we're qualified. We're not sure we're the best one for the job. We're not sure we have the credentials or the degrees or the business card. But we're there. Every person here is there somewhere. In a family, in an office, in a neighborhood, in a moment of decision. We're there on purpose. And you're with us. So help us not to fear. Help us not to shrink back. Help us to pack our bags and move out and show up because I am is with us. In Jesus' name.